Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. As part of our aim to keep clients informed of our current investment views and how these themes affect investments, Phil Attreed, Head of Investment Consulting, talks to Will Hobbs, Chief Investment Officer, about the long-term effects of the pandemic and the latest changes in portfolio positioning. Hello and welcome to this September edition of Monthly Market Insights. I'm Phil Attreed, Barclays Head of Investment Consulting. I'm joined today by Will Hobbs, our Chief Investment Officer. As usual, we'll spend a few moments talking through the news flow of the past month and what might lie ahead for investors. So, Will, I have to admit, it continues to feel a little strange uh, to me right now. Um, We're here in September. My children are back at school, but things feel far from normal. Um, The world economy is experiencing uh, a record-breaking recession, and yet global equities are in positive territory. There has been a bit of a pullback um, in US equities, US markets recently, uh, but unsurprisingly, I'm still hearing a lot of concern about bubbles amongst our clients. Is that something that you and and the team are concerned about, anything that you're worried about? Well, Phil, I mean, you're always concerned about bubbles. The only thing I would say is that bubbles tend to be a lot rarer than many of the sort of um, sensationalists and commentators would argue. Uh, It's a very popular headline, uh, we're in another bubble, uh, but often the truth is a bit different. If you look at um, actually sort of, you know, historically, and you know how much I love banging on about history, but look historically at uh, the evolution of prices, market prices, Uh, There was a a famous study by a um, Professor Gertzman of Yale who looked at hundreds of different countries and uh, and years, decades of of equity market performance. And he put it all together uh, and looked at the probability of a market experiencing sharp declines uh, after a sharp rise, basically. So suggesting, you know, trying to find how often bubbles did actually exist. Uh, And interestingly enough, his study found that that a, a market doubling in price uh, was twice as likely to be followed by another year of strong gains than actually a year of retrenchment. Uh, and I guess the point there would be that quite often we want to probably assume that investors are not away with the fairies um, as often as some of the commentators uh, commentators suggest. Okay, well, so that's uh, history, but what about today? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think the real thing to just remember is the perceived size of that cash, cash flow mountain. That's the thing to keep in mind. Um, that's really influenced by what else you can do with the money. That, that investment. And so when you're thinking about it, if interest rates are very low as they are right now, then that does flatter the size of that, you know, that mountain of corporate cash flows that lies ahead. Um, and if we're just thinking specifically about those tech-ish names that we're talking about in the US at the moment that people are worrying about, just remember that, you know, the comparisons with 1990 um, it's a very, very different sort of context right now. Yes, there is a very concentrated market. And yes, some of the cash flow assumptions you need to make um, in order to justify the current levels that you're seeing in those stocks, we would say that they leave very little margin for error. Uh, but that doesn't, again, you know, that's not a bubble, that's different. That's, you know, something that looks a bit expensive. And we would still own some of that exposure, but just, you know, with everything else as well. Thanks, Will. So we'll come on to that interest rate point next. I, I note that attention is understandably turning to the long-term effects of the pandemic. Uh, and I've seen some headlines from an academic paper that uh, some of the central bankers seem to be citing about the global economy's response to past pandemics, um, stretching back over centuries. And the conclusion seems to me, at least, to suggest expectations of lower growth, 
lower inflation for quite a sustained uh, period of time, decades even. Um, would you suggest that the low interest rates that you speak of are, are maybe here to stay? Well, Phil, I mean, it wouldn't be a, you wouldn't want to bet your life on it. I think that would be the way to, to, to put it. You know, this study, it's a very interesting study, but that the authors themselves point out some of the shortcomings with the comparisons of pandemics going all the way back to the Black Death and the aftermath uh, with the modern economy. The reality is that it's always different this time. They sound like they are they, they used as more foremost dangerous words in investing, but it's the truth, unfortunately. Uh, and right now, if you think about it, you know, comparisons with previous eras and pandemics uh, where life expectancies were much shorter and all sorts of other factors were, 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 were very different. That dims or that, that, that should dim your sort of ability to make sort of strong comparison with those periods, I think. You know, nonetheless, it's an interesting study. It should be an input into our thinking about the future. Um, and that's certainly one of the scenarios that you could say is that and that's certainly what, you know, a lot of the policymakers are looking at. Uh, and I think that's probably the most important difference that we're seeing today uh, versus, you know, previous eras um, and previous crises. That's the policy response. We've really seen something more muscular, more uh, immediate than you've seen in any crisis past. And that's sort of that monetary and fiscal policy response that does shape a little bit how you should Think about um, think about the future and the future of interest rates. Uh, and certainly, we would not want to you know, organise our assets along um, along the lines of only assuming uh, that interest rates and inflation was going to remain uh, to remain low forever. We want to organise our, our multi asset class portfolios and funds more robustly than that uh, to plan for the idea that the future doesn't have to be just a continuation of the recent past. Uh, there are myriad other potential outcomes as well. And that policy response, like I say, has the potential to sort of change the regime we're in. Um, and I think that's something that's worth considering for investors. And so finally, what have the team been doing in our client portfolios over the summer? You certainly seem to have been keeping everyone on their toes as we've seen various investment assets continue to break new ground. Yeah, it's been busy. I mean, Phil, um, as we've spoken about before, you know, you know, when uh, when the asset allocation team is busy, unfortunately, it has also, unfortunately, uh, it keeps everyone else busy down the, down, downstream as well. There's a huge amount of work that goes into, um, you know, implementing trades and um, and so on and doing so in a timely uh, and accurate fashion. Um, and so, you know, it's a, it's a huge group effort to get these things, uh, get these done, uh, to get these things done um, as well as the teams have done this year. Um, the, the point, we, you know, what we have found is we've sort of, um, having sort of focused very much on sort of equity and um, uh, equity risk um, early on in the crisis, um, sort of back in March when we added quite a lot of equity risk uh, to portfolios at that point. We then sort of switched, as you know, more to a focus on credit risk um, and some of the sort of opportunities in that space. We've since um, dialed back uh, one of our credit bets in sort of high quality um, developed world credit. Um, we've sort of brought that back to the sort of benchmark level and we've uh, moved some of that uh, into emerging market, um, emerging market debt, um, as uh, where the team still see you know, a little bit of an opportunity there. Like I say, these trades are at the edges of the portfolio. They're about adding adding little performance cherries uh, on top of that um, on top of that sort of the the, the, the performance driven uh, delivered um, by the overall kind of you know mix of assets that we call our strategic asset allocation. Um, and happily, the team, you know, they've done a great job over a number of years. And so they've persistently managed uh, to add to performance this year. So far, no difference. So uh, it's been it's been it's been a great effort from the teams 
so far this year on that front. Thanks, Will. Uh, useful insights as always. That just leaves me to thank you for joining us. If you'd like to hear more from us uh, before the next Monthly Market Insights, please do seek us out on the weekly podcast, Word on the Street, where we'll share more of our latest views on developments. Otherwise, we look forward to you joining us again next month. All investments can fall as well as rise in value, and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.